Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind, as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of Should we fear Big Brother watching us? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel, dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, one could be surprised at how much information we give away through the internet and how readily so many of us do so. And the types of information that we do give away unthinkingly, sometimes unwittingly. So you all know what Big Brother is, right? Well, for my brother, Steve, if you're listening, Steve, hi, Steve, how are you doing there? <laughs> you don't have to fear me watching you. I'm not spying or anything like that. If I want to know something from you, I'll call you up and, and ask you. But Big Brother, in the other sense, government, should we fear Big Brother watching us? Well, let me give you the answer to that. Yes, we should. I don't think, would, really, would anybody, unless they're out of their mind, think it's, think it's good if, say, the state knew everything about you? Do you think that would be good? One of the big problems we have now is the old-fashioned mindset of the people. Yes, we all have computers and cell phones and all of that. But our minds are still somehow in past times. Let me explain. Let's take a really repressive society. I could say United States today, but I won't. I'll say uh, East Germany, one of the Soviet satellite states before the fall of communism. And, you know, they, they really spied on their people. For example, I knew an American guy who went to East Germany just for a trip and he fell in love with a young woman there. He was a young guy too. But after that, she said that she was followed around by, by agents of the state because what was she doing contacting, an, you know, I don't know, going into her home with an American? Could he be a spy or was she... I don't know if they're worried about him being a spy because he was really a nobody. He was a musician. He you know, wasn't, any, wasn't into, I don't know, anything that would have terrified them. But for her, was she planning to escape from East Germany or what? Why was she seeing this American? She said that, you know, when she goes, she'd see some guy following her. Well, that's really big brother. It is, it is worst, I guess you could say. But let's look back and let's think a little more deeply. You know, that's what we do on the path of Socrates. No, I'm not about to end it. <laughs> let's, but let's imagine this. Back then, we're talking, I think this was like mid-1980s, right? Back then, okay, they see somebody that they want to know, who is this American guy? What's he doing going out with one of the East German girls here? What, what is this? Is it a beginning of a spy ring? Or you know, what is this anyway? Or does she just want to escape and she's going to enlist his help? Okay. Now, what did those agents have to do back then? In other words, somebody, probably a neighbor, because they encourage people to spy on neighbors. And so you had spies in your own apartment building. Just like today, so I think I've heard from Democrats, yes, children should say if their parents are against vaccines. No, there's getting, getting family members to spy on other family members. I've heard that from some Democrats, that sort of thing. That is really ugly. Let me tell you, that's really ugly. That's what Hitler encouraged. That's what Stalin encouraged. So most likely somebody in her apartment building 
gave the Stasi, the, 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 that is the secret state police, called him and said, yes, one of my neighbors, he's receiving a visitor. And I heard him talking, he's American. So I think, oh, we better investigate this. So what do they do? Well, they send out an agent or two to follow around. You know, see when, when they're meeting, maybe take some photos at a distance, uh, start making a file on her. Because before that, maybe, well, they had her name in the census, for example, they didn't know who she was, right? So they start building up a file about her. Then they start saying, well, what other connections? Who does she know? Who are her relatives, by the way? Could it be she had an uncle who was a Nazi or, or I don't know, some American spy? So then they start creating this file. And they get the information, they take it back, either they type it out, they tell their secretary, type this in, and they create a file that they put in a, a metal file box. Now, by that time, of course, they had much simpler computers, right? So we maybe should go back a few more decades, but basically that was the process. By the 80s, they had some computers, so the secretary would be typing in a computer. But in any case, they'd have to go out and get that information. Well, that was a lot of work. Suppose you want to know something about half of the country. Well, gee, you don't have enough secretaries to type all that in or enough agents. You'd have to have one half of the country tracking the other half. You can't do it. But now look what we have. It's Big Brother Paradise. They don't have to send out anybody. What, what they have to do now? Okay, let's say they want to know about you, whoever you may be. Well, first of all, Nobody has to spy and say, hey, guess what? There's somebody, he's, 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 talk, he's defending Trump. Deep state thinks, uh-oh, this could be a troublemaker. No, they don't, you don't have to have any person following you there. No person has to look into it. It's all algorithms. Because almost certainly, this person defending Trump has an account on Facebook or YouTube or this or that, and he makes one comment. So all you need is the computer programming, and they have that that would capture, this is everything you ever put in Facebook. They have that. Everything you ever put in Facebook, it's there somewhere. So if the time comes then, um, okay, they're not sending agents to your house. We just said, oh, I think Trump was a good president. Uh, they're not going to send agents, you know, deep state agents to your house for that. But if sometime in the future you become a troublemaker for them, right? Maybe you're very charismatic and you decide to run for office. And, uh, and they think, uh-oh, this person could get pretty far in politics. Well, let's see. Uh, uh, what did he say about Trump? If he's a Trump supporter, we don't want him. Oh, look at this. He was supporting Trump. Oh, now. Then you're on their human radar, I'll say. But before that, you're not. I said about myself in some long past episode of my podcast channel that uh, the Chinese, for example, there's probably not a single person in China who knows who David Earl Bolton is. Well, maybe, okay, maybe some people listen to my podcast episode there if they can do it without getting arrested. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to sell myself too short here. But I'd say for the most part, like the, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't know who I am. But for example, suppose my channel grows and someday I have a million listeners and I'm, I'm an influencer going in the direction of Joe Rogan. Oh, then I could be a danger for them. Then if I mention something about Taiwan, they're really not going to like it. But they don't have to send out agents to track me around and who are his family members and, and let's see what did they say in the past and what comments he made. Well, let's, let's make a big file and give it to a secretary to type in. No, all they have to do is press a few buttons on a computer and everything I ever put online is open to them. You think about that. You turn this off for a, a minute and you think about that. Think about what that means. 
they go back and see comments I made on Facebook. I've been in on it for 15, no, 12 years, 10 years, I forget how long. And they can go back and say, oh, look, on this date he made that comment. Oh, and this, this corresponds to that comment. Oh, look, this is a Trump supporter. I'm only in part a Trump supporter, by the way. I think he had a lot of good, had a lot of good intentions, a lot of good things. I think he's still doing a lot of good things. I won't get in more deeply to that now. Uh, but some things I, I really, really disagree with him. But in any case, if they want to get after me, they can see this. They can see family members. Oh, yes, he has a brother. That's his name. He's connected to him. Oh, he has nieces. He has a sister. Okay, let's see what they're saying. If they're on his side or against it. Da, da, da. And anything they want to find out, as long as I put it up on Facebook or somebody else, they can find out right away. Now, can the CCP have access to Facebook? I don't know, but the deep state in America does. There's some who are saying, especially 107, that's not his real name, and that he never shows his face. This guy was in a three-letter agency almost certainly. He's a Trump supporter, allegedly. It seems to be, certainly seems to be. But he said for a long time now, Facebook was a DARPA project. Facebook was developed by the deep state to spy on people. But then Congress kind of wisened up and said, hey, you can't do this. Said, okay, we'll give it up. And like the next day, Mark Zuckerberg comes out, hey, I have a new platform. It's called Facebook. And, you can do it. and it's the same thing. They slap a name on Facebook, make it look really user-friendly, et cetera, et cetera. But the purpose of the deep state was to collect information on everybody in the country. And let me ask you, how many people in the country are not on Facebook and never were? And how many people who were never on Facebook know a lot of people who are, and so therefore, indirectly, people might comment about them? Oh, I have a friend, his name is Tom, and he's really like this or that. And are they on other platforms? And who's behind the other platforms? And what access does the deep state, Google, was it really just a few guys that did it? What was behind that? Could that have been financed secretly by the deep state? Uh, what are your searches on Google? You think about this, seriously. What are your searches on Google? Let me give you an example. Let's say there's a young woman. And she's attractive, and she's intelligent, and she studied political science, and she runs, wants to run to be a politician, right? In her district for Congress, for example. But some forces don't like her views. They think, oh, look at her. She's really intelligent. She's articulate. She's well-educated. She has sound views. She can defend herself well in debates, and she's beautiful besides that. She could be a danger for us because we don't like where, she's, where she is politically. So what do they do? They push a few buttons and they see, oh yes, on Facebook she put this in there. Uh, look up past Google searches. How much information does Google really keep? Well, we know a whole lot because they target us with specific ads. Then they see, oh, look at this. Three years ago, one night she was alone at home and as she was feeling a little randy, shall we say, and look at these sexual search terms she put, and look at these videos. These weren't just normal sex. This is like gay stuff, and she's looking. Look at this. We have it here. <laughs> and then stories coming out, not from the deep state, but from other sources. Hey, uh, this person was looking at gay porn on the internet here. Oh, and this, this woman, she happens to be a conservative. Ooh. Then they get in touch with her and say, you know, we have all these records. You look at this kind of porn or this kind of porn. Or you did this or you said this, da, 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 da. Or you made some kind of comment that looks like it's promoting violence. Well, wait, that was 10 years ago. Okay, I was half drunk. Oh, no, 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 we have it here. How could they influence her not to run? How could they influence in other ways? Maybe they, no, if they're smart, what they would do, and they are smart, believe me, they wait till she wins the election. 
if she wins an election, right? They wait till that point. And maybe she wins the next election, maybe she gets into the American, the US Congress. Then they say to her, you know, from your past, we have all this information. Remember when you were having these sex chats with your boyfriend? What boyfriend? I've been married for six years. No, the boyfriend you had eight years ago. Uh, yeah, well, guess what? Here it is, a transcript, in case you've forgotten. And she sees all these really raunchy things she and her boyfriend talk about doing when they next meet. Huh, just imagine if that came out. <laughs> oh, please don't do that, she says. That'd be terrible. This isn't fair. It was, hey, hey, we're the deep state. We can do whatever we want. And no, we're not going to ruin your political career. No, thank God for that. As long as you vote this way, the next time this certain issue comes up, well, I can't be your minion, she says. I can't be your total stooge and vote everything you want. No, no, the other, you can vote however you want. But just remember this. Every once in a while, in some kind of important, an issue that's really important for us, we're going to tell you how to vote. And if you don't do it, well, <laughs> wouldn't this be embarrassing? What would your present husband say if he knew, oh my God, look at these fantasies you're expressing. Does your husband know about this? But this could break up my marriage too. That's right, honey. It sure could. Now, let me ask you, do you think the deep state wouldn't do that? Do you think the Mossad wouldn't do that? Do you think the CIA wouldn't do that? Oh my God. Hey, do you remember Fang Fang? This Swalwell, this guy from California, this left-wing Democrat, remember it came out in 2015? He had a new Chinese girlfriend that was helping his campaign. It turns out she is a, a communist Chinese spy. When the FBI got onto her, she disappeared quickly. <laughs> yeah. Intelligence service, they don't do things like this, but now with the internet, look at how easy it is for them. Look at how easy. Now, maybe you're getting paranoid at this point. Oh, I'm going to close my Facebook account. Forget it, because they already have that, all that stuff. Imagine that well, it's not terabytes. What's beyond uh, terabyte? What is it? I don't remember. Quadrabyte or quintabyte. I don't know what it is. But, I mean, they can, they can uh, store more than, more than you can count on a thousand hands. <laughs> That's a... That's a severe understatement, <laughs> the amount of things they can store. And of course, they do that, not only just in case you become a politician, but if in any other thing, they think, oh, who's this person here? Oh, yeah, look at his path. Well, now we know what he's about. Okay, now we do this, we do that. So now they don't even know who you are. They don't know who I am. But if needs be, they can, they can find out a lot of things. Now, okay, they'll find out all my Facebook comments and they'll, they'll probably... Maybe you'll think I'm a real left-wing person, maybe right-wing, probably right-wing, because most of my views correspond to that. Somebody accused me of just following GOP talking points. I can only say that's foolish, because if they really knew me, they'd know that I was never in any political party. And if some of my views correspond to GOP talking points, it's not because the GOP says it. I don't care what they say, any party, I don't care what they say. I think through the issues for myself and come to my conclusions. So some of my conclusions might correspond to GOP talking points or Democratic talking points, maybe even every once in a while a communist, communistic talking point, although I can't think of any views I have that would correspond to communistic talking points. But who knows? Or religious talking points. But, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a group thinker. If, if you want an example of somebody who's he's not into group think, it's me. Believe me. I think for myself. If I don't know anything about a subject, I don't give any opinion. I say, well, you know, tell me something about it. Let me give me time to learn something about it. But these big issues of our times I've been thinking about for decades, whether it's abortion, whether it's gun control, whether it's uh, illegal immigration, uh, whether it's even 
legal immigration, which could be a very good thing if people are sufficiently vetted, uh, what Democrats say, Republicans say, what anarchists say, what these people say, I take everything into account, but I form my own views. So I'm not in any party, I'm not in any group, but people have a hard time understanding it because they're all here or here. I'm a right-wing conservative. I'm a proud progressive liberal. They all like to be sheep in their own flock, you see. Well, not in their own flock, but in the flock of others. They like to run along. Look at me. I'm in this herd of cattle. I'm one of these. And we all have big horns, and so we're dangerous. And the others, oh, we're all pacifists, and, and we're good sheep. And, and the others are like, like, like birds in a flock. No, I don't belong to any flock or any herd or, or anything like that. I really don't. Sometimes I question whether I'm even human. When I look at the way humans are, sometimes I'm like, could, could I really be some kind of alien that is just <laughs> incarnated with a human body? I don't know. But uh, let's put it this way. I'm an individualist. I'm not a collectivist. So that's why it's hard for people to, to judge me, but they're always trying to do so. Should we fear Big Brother? Once again, you're damn well right we should. Government shouldn't be, well, you can't say government, is it spying? Well, like I said about you, a normal average listener, you ask anybody in government, they don't know who you are. But the danger is at the touch, a few keystrokes, and they know who you are. And they know that five years ago, you got drunk at your sister's birthday party or something like that. And then two years ago, you got drunk on some other occasion. Oh, and Last month you got drunk again, and last night you were drunk. Oh, wow, this person could be an alcoholic. Or at least we could present it that way if necessary. You see what I mean with the information they get. And people are giving them this information freely because you think you're just writing a message to a Facebook friend or to your cousin or whatever. And look at all the information you're giving, really. Now, am I afraid of that? Well, I think it's a bad thing. On the other hand, in order to connect to people, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Do I fear, oh my God, I'm saying too much? No, I don't think I do say it. So anything I say on Facebook, I'll say to anybody in their face. I'll put it that way. If they don't agree, fine. They might have good reasons for not agreeing. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I'm, I'm open for a debate at any time, and I'm willing to, to say what I think. Have I ever put anything on Facebook that I'd be totally ashamed of? I I don't know. I don't really recall. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. And as far as like anything you might worry, because oh, a lot of you worried, oh my God, six months ago I looked at some porn. Suppose they find out, look, so many billions of people look at porn. I don't think that's any big deal anymore. Even if it's kind of really raunchy, strange stuff, because let's face it, sometimes you think, I, I must admit with the internet landscape, you know, you know why the internet grew so fast and so quickly? It was pornography. As studies have shown that back in the 90s, because people, wow, now we don't have to go to sex shops, now we get poor and free. And so more people wanted computers and more people wanted than internet weekend because mainly pornography more than anything else. You can get the news on TV, right? You can listen to music on CDs and everything, you don't need internet. Especially back then where everything was so slow. I remember trying to listen to music on, on certain platforms with so slow it would be choppy and everything because these telephone connections. Uh, but the porn, oh, wow, imagine the billions of hours people spend on that. But because people spend so many billions of hours, it really doesn't matter. Even if you looked at something really, I don't know, twisted or I don't know, really freaky or whatever, a lot of people do to people, oh, it's so strange, look at that. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's really such a big deal. Although, yes, there are many better things you do online to look at porn. It's, uh, I have to talk on that sometime about how many billions of hours have been wasted looking at porn. 
And that's just me. I know I had to say that for a joke. No. <laughs> Bill, think of every day how many people are looking at porn. Oh, a half hour here, an hour there. And if they didn't have that, they might be doing something more creative, say, maybe practicing their musical instrument or, do it, or taking a walk and losing some weight or getting in shape or you know, just talking to people, having fruitful conversations or fruitful political debates or whatever. But instead, I don't know if a study has been done of that, how many billion, I'm saying billions of hours every year are, are spent by people just looking at pornography. I know that's not me. <laughs> but let me tell you, sometimes you hear about people that you know, are addicted to it, and they're only 10 hours a day. Well, gee, I, I think that's an exception. But nonetheless, you know, and here we are in society, we want to protect children from raunchy, or any, any well, well, the Democrats, don't they want to give them gender change operations and everything if the kid just says, oh, maybe, what would we like to be a girl? Oh, let's give some hormones, you can find out, right? We know about that topic. I haven't talked about that in an episode. It's almost so stupid that I don't want to talk about it, but sooner or later, I guess I'll have to. But about the porn issue, we have to protect our children from porn. Well, let me tell you, a lot of parents, good, God-fearing, you ever want to rather say God-fearing and not God-loving? You would think, you know, if it's a loving God, you won't be, a, if you're a God-loving love person, you would be a good person. But apparently people are on a level that if you don't fear God, you're not going to be a good person. You better be afraid of him. That, that seems kind of negative to me. I don't know. I just question the, 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 the wisdom of that God-fearing adjective, right? How about a, a God-loving person? But these God-loving people, they go to church and everything. They want to protect their kids from internet. Well, let's imagine we had had the internet in the 1960s. <laughs> And my parents would have had some internet blocks, so I couldn't see anything, you know, naked women or porn or anything on the internet when I was a kid, right? What would I have done? I would have found some friend of mine on the internet where his parents didn't have the block, and I'd go over there in his house when parents weren't there to look at it. And, you know, every kid has seen has seen porn on the internet. Is how many? And this could be considered sad by some. I think in a sense it is sad. How many children are there? Ten years old, nine, eight, seven, six, five, who have never seen internet porn? In my day, a five-year-old would never see pornography. I mean, really, never. There's no way you could get your hand. Okay, if you had a much older brother, had a Playboy. But Playboy, hardly even back then, you didn't see much of anything, at least not in the nether regions. You didn't see anything whatsoever. So is that really porn? You know what I mean? Uh, that's another topic. I shouldn't get into it maybe too deeply. But I mention it because in the area of sex, this is something where you can actually blackmail people. You don't believe me? <laughs> Look at some of these politicians. How many politicians have been blackmailed? Uh, what's Epstein Island all about? What was that all about? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein working for Mossad. Just wait till those truths come out. In other words, you know, he had all these nice young girls, underage, and some politician buddies would come and they'd sleep and everything would be recorded. And then the Mossad shows up someday. Oh, we just happen to have these films of you, uh, whoever you are. Mr. or well, Mr. was always mostly men. I guess a few women went there, but that's the great downfall of men, the sex drive, right? So we just happened to have this film view with this girl. Well, but she says she was 18. Uh, no, it turns out she's only 15. She is just very physically mature for her age. Oh my God, she's 15. Why well, didn't know that? Well, you can explain that to the people once you release it. Oh, please don't re release it. Okay, we won't release. We don't ruin your life as long as you do this or that. You see the danger there. So I hope 
I'm not talking to anyone who has actually gone to Epstein Island because then you're really compromised. <laughs> but looking at internet porn, I mean, you know, come on now. Yeah. And we should be in a world where I think of uh, Mitterrand, the French president back in the 80s, remember that? And it was known that he had a mistress and I think a, a daughter with the mistress. And everybody knew it in France, but nobody cared. In America, just imagine that comes out, oh, this president, not only is married, but he has a mistress as the daughter. That's the end of his political career. Should that really be? I don't really think so, because the fact that the guy's marriage might not be perfect as a mistress doesn't mean he's going to be a bad leader. In the case of Mitterrand, okay, won't get into his politics now. But just that alone, that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad president of France. And, you know, So I don't think we should be there, of course. Uh, Bill Clinton, that's why he saw fit to lie for an entire year about Monica Lewinsky case. He should have resigned, as he would have done in England, because imagine all the hours he had to spend with attorneys for that, uh, just to try to weasel his way out of that situation with Monica Lewinsky. And uh, therefore, that's all those hours he wasn't doing something for the good of the country. So if he had any integrity, he should have resigned. But we're talking about Bill Clinton here. Just the fact that this guy, about 50 years old, who is the supreme boss of everybody in the White House, has this affair with a 20-year-old who is totally in love with him. If this doesn't look like some kind of abuse, I don't know what does, really. If it had been a Republican, the left would have destroyed him. The feminist, oh my God, he's taking advantage of position, but because he was a Democrat, oh, well, she's, she's no doubt lying. I heard feminists on TV say, oh, she's lying. That James Carville, well, he's not, well, I guess male feminist, I don't know what you would call him. He looks like Satan himself, the guy. And he was saying, oh, she's just lying and she just wants to get in the news and all that kind of stuff. It turns out she was right. I don't remember him apologizing for that. What a rat that person is. And the whole Clinton machine, what rats? I mean, really? All that Monica Lewinsky had to go through. I mean, it's her, her own dumb fault. And yes, she was 20 years old. She wasn't 15. But come on now. If, he had been, if Trump had done that, can you imagine how the left would have destroyed him? Look at the hypocrites they are. Because if that is bad, if it's bad for the president to have an affair in the Oval Office with a 20-year-old intern, I remember that David, what was the name? David Gergen, I think it was, was who worked for several presidents of uh, different parties, for Reagan and for, I think, Clinton, Clinton as well. And he said at one point, we've gone from a president, Reagan, who insisted that everybody that entered the Oval Office have their pants, have their suit, or in a full suit, to a president that thinks it's fine to have his pants down in the Oval Office with some girl under the desk. That's what the, the, gen, the generation from, from Reagan to Clinton. But imagine if Trump had done that. It came out he was having sex with a 20-year-old intern. I don't think the left would have been saying, oh, well, she's certainly lying. Look at how what lying hypocrites these people are. I don't think any president should do that. I think it was a disgrace. Kennedy, they, he and his brother Bobby, they would have... Uh, a, I don't know if I should say sluts, uh, say attractive young women over the White House to swim in the pool. And one point, also it came out in the Secret Service agent's book, he said, we were shocked. Not because they wanted to have sex. Okay, well, okay, that's their business. But these girls weren't vetted. Either of them could have been a Soviet agent with some kind of poison. They could have killed the president and the attorney general because these two fools, that is the president, Kennedy, the attorney general, just thought, oh, let's sneak them in and have a, a, a sex party near the pool or something like that. Really? And imagine if the Soviets, just if they were agents, they go, not to kill them, but they just had that, took a few indiscreet pictures secretly, and they give it to their Soviet handlers, and then suddenly 
Kennedy is contacted by some forces saying, hey, President Kennedy, you want to be ruined? Do you want us to tell what the girls told us here? Oh, my God, there were agents. Yeah, they should never have done that. And the Secret Service agents were appalled. But they said that happened more on one occasion. Uh, should I talk about Lyndon Johnson, who had more such stories than the Kennedys did? People generally don't know that. He would have sex with anything, this guy. Well, not males. It had to be female, I believe, and more or less good looking. But this is compromising the good of the country because you can be blackmailed in America for that. And you still can. You still can. So it's not just Big Brother we have to fear. Well, all these intelligence services, which, of course, are connected to Big Brother. No matter who you are, you have to fe uh, fear that. Whether you're the president or prime minister, or whether now it's whether it's just you or me, because anything you've put in the Internet, with uh, pushing a few buttons, and they know it all. You think about that. You think about that. Any chats you had, any this, any that. It's almost certainly somewhere in some computer that no person knows about. But if they want to find out about you, they can. You think about that. Now, we can't avoid it unless we want to just totally distance ourselves from the Internet. All the past stuff we put there is still there, of course. But any anything in the future, well, you wouldn't be putting it up if you don't tell people things and nobody you know puts up things about you. Well, then it's not known, of course. And maybe you want to go that path, but you really have to separate yourself from a great part of society if you do that. So in a way, the best thing to do would be to bring down a Big Brother and the deep state, which is what Trump is trying to do, by the way, what the alliance is trying to do, uh, bring them down and yes have internet but uh, even in that situation uh, some things really should change and most people don't realize how to look at the stuff people put up there also you know I don't know it's like the situation uh, like young people they might put up something really sexy in some side or some maybe some 22 year old girl does some porn and they oh that's kind of cool these days but maybe in 15 years he wants a really serious job maybe for government and they look into that mm, sorry uh you know if that comes out or administration looks bad sorry so people really should think before they act but, <laughs> but on the other hand what am i saying if people thought before they acted the world would be a much better place than it is now it's because people don't think before they act <laughs> Or because people don't think at all, they just feel and emote and you know do whatever the hell they want and believe whatever the hell they want. That's why we're in this bad situation in so many respects. You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again and again and again. We have to become more and more aware of this. Uh, nonetheless, I think we're going to win this war that we're in, and a lot of these things will be more controlled in the future. And Big Brother won't be as much of a problem. But it, but. If the New World Order people have their way, Big Brother will be literally everywhere. Have you heard about these people with these smart meters in their homes for the heating and how the electric central can control that? So now with all these uh, uh, possible power blackouts, they're saying people can only have up down to maybe 60 degrees in their home in the winter. And they can control it from outside your home. <laughs> All you people that got these smart meters put in. They can control it from outside. You might say, oh my God, I have a cold now. It's only 60. I'm going to turn up. Oh, you can't turn up because you can't turn up your thermostat. And you think these things weren't created as part of a bigger plan? Believe me, they were. So yes, 
we should fear not only Big Brother watching us, but monitoring us regularly, controlling us, and even killing us. And now we get to the so-called, well, experimental drug, in quote, vaccine situation. We should be very afraid of that, and we should do whatever we can to work against that agenda, that deep state new world order agenda, where we're just all going to be slaves of those that are watching over us, watching our every step and every move, as they do in China, as they're introducing in other countries now, with cameras all over the place. What's that? You jaywalked. Well, we're going to take a few points away from you there. Get enough points taken away? Well, you can't buy any food today, for example. Uh, look at the things that go on in China. Or we're just going to come pick you up and arrest you. Look at that. Now, don't get the wrong idea. I don't jaywalk unless nobody's looking and nobody's around. I never jaywalk. <laughs> I never cross the street where it's not where they don't have to light with the little man, green or red, if there are children around. I don't want to give a bad example. But if nobody's around, especially if it's night, no, no cars and people, yes, I'll just I'll, I'll walk across the street when I'm not supposed to. Don't tell anybody, though. <laughs> so, so, people, fear big brother. And, uh, and, and think about the two sides here in this war. Think about what they're telling. Are they telling us just adapt, do what we, the state, tell you, do what the pharma industry tells you? Anybody that still thinks that's right and there's no, there's no red flags going up, I'm sorry, but you're a fool. You're a fool if you don't see that. And the other side, the alliance, most, <laughs> the most uh, famous face on that, of course, Trump. And they're saying drain the swamp and they're saying the power should be with the people and not with all kinds of, of, of government organizations and, and huge bloated government and deep state and, and three-letter agency spying on us. That's what they're saying. That seems like a pretty good message to me. But for you, you think about it. If you'd rather be a sheep controlled at all times, be my guest, but I, I believe that the right side, I mean the good side here, is going to win. So you won't have to be a sheep. And maybe in the future then you will learn to not be such a group thinker. And you'll learn to be independent. And learn to be more of an individualist instead of a, a, an obedient collectivist. That's my sincere hope for any of you out there listening that might be on what I guess we could call the other side. So that'll be it for today. Thank you for following me on this, the path of Socrates. And until the next time, bye now. <laughs>